You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 687 of the Locked on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, and welcome to a different podcast this evening because the Hawks won a basketball game on Monday. They uh, broke their 10-game losing streak with a 101-93 victory over the Orlando Magic on the road. This game took place without John, without I'm sorry, without Jabari Parker, without Trey Young, which was the headliner in this game. But the Hawks pulled off an upset anyway. Um, coming into the night, you would have potentially thought the Hawks were in big-time trouble because they were 10.5-point underdogs. And you know, Orlando is not fantastic, but they certainly were the better team on paper coming into this game and playing at home, but as I said on Twitter before the game actually started, if there was ever a game that the Hawks could probably steal, or at least potentially steal, on the road without Trey Young, it was a game against a team in Orlando that has a bottom five offense. They are not good offensively, and that kind of leveled the playing field a lot in this spot, and as a result of that, Brandon Goodwin exploded, Alex Lett had a great game, the Hawks played very, very well, all things considered, in this spot, and they get their first win since December 8th in Charlotte, a game that I was at, that felt like, that feels like a lifetime ago, but um, fittingly, or at least positively for the team, they win their final game in 2019 because the Hawks will not be back in action until 2020. So a nice way to go into a three-day break for the Hawks. We'll talk plenty about the game as we, as we get going here. As I said before, the Hawks were 10 and a half point underdogs in this game. And other than that, there wasn't too much to actually, you know, talk about before the game started. You know, Trey Young being out was the biggest thing. Jabari Parker missed this game as well. Orlando did not have Aaron Gordon, which definitely is worth noting here. Gordon is a good player, and that would have been useful for Orlando. But in short, the Magic just couldn't score in this game, which is kind of crazy to say against the Hawks team that has been terrible defensively this season. But they were pretty good, pretty frisky in this game. And that allowed them to get the victory. So, as we always do on the podcast, we will go through all that transpired. And then the second half of the show will be about the individual players in this game. The first quarter was honestly kind of uneventful in a lot of ways. Um, The Hawks, I would say pretty ugly on both ends of the floor to open this game on offenses for both teams. But the Hawks did lead 8-3 with some help from a nice deep three by Kevin Herter. In the early going, the Hawks did a pretty good job defensively, I thought, in the opening minutes, uh, rotating very well, at least better than they normally do. Um, they went small for a, at least a portion of the first quarter with John Collins going to center after Bruno Fernando got two fouls. The Hawks did stay with the same starting lineup in this game with Reddish and Herter in the backcourt with Fernando at center. Um, it didn't necessarily go to that a whole lot in this game. Uh, Fernando didn't play a ton, and they played a lot of actual point guards with Brandon Goodwin on the court, but interesting to at least point that out there. Um, and Goodwin actually came in in the first quarter. If you might remember from, from the other night, Goodwin did not play until the second half. I've been arguing that the Hawks should try Brandon Goodwin at some point for a while now, probably for since it's early in the season that they, that they should at least evaluate Brandon Goodwin. I'm not sure he's, in fact, I am sure he isn't as good as he was on the, in this night because uh, this was a great game for Brandon Goodwin, as you'll probably see by the, by the podcast title here. It was an awesome game, and that was probably the headline performance of the evening was the way that Brandon Goodwin played. But if nothing else, he played well, and he was he was due for a, a chance in this spot, and the Hawks gave it to him, and he took full advantage of it, and good on him for doing that. But it started in the first quarter. He played very well early on. He played even better as the game wore along, but um, from the opening moments that he entered the game, it was clear that he was going to be uh, on the floor with purpose, and that was good to see from Goodwin. Um, 
Other than that, the headline moment of the first quarter was a dunk by DeAndre Bembry that made the rounds on Twitter. That was a, that was a great highlight from DeAndre, who I thought also played well in this game, to tie it. But a lot of uh, just back and forth, pretty ugly offenses on both ends of the floor. The Hawks actually led this game 25-21 at the end of the first quarter. Um, good bends from the, from the bench overall in the first quarter. That was kind of a theme throughout the game as well. The Hawks were not great offensively in the first quarter, or really the entire game, but defensively they, they set the tone very early. The second quarter was not as, uh, not as positive. I will say the Hawks opened the second quarter with a lineup that had Bembry, Crab, and Reddish as the perimeter guys. Um, offensively, that was never going to work, um, and, and they didn't get killed because they actually played good defense in that stretch. But um, worth pointing that out. And also, also the Hawks used eleven guys in the first fifteen minutes of this game because they went to Damian Jones for a brief time in the first half. Um, but a twenty to six extended run by the Magic to open the second quarter. It did take a while for them to get to twenty points, but the Hawks only scored six points in the first six and a half minutes of the second quarter, and then suddenly that they're down by ten points and feeling like they were probably going to be on the ropes to some degree because after that another 9-0 run took place by the Magic to go up by 18 and at that point in time given where the Hawks were offensively without Trey Young in this game and on the road and the way that they've they've been playing down by 18 they are certainly a big underdog to win this game they already were coming into the game you know at 0-0 they were a 10-point underdog at least in Las Vegas but down 18 pretty late in the first half that is a really, really ugly spot to be in without your best offensive player and with Jabari Parker out and another top five offensive player on your team. But the Hawks did a great job closing the gap. In fact, it was Brandon Goodwin, again, keying a big-time run at the end of the first half because it was 34-13 in the second quarter at one point um, in favor of Orlando. But the rest of the half went to the Hawks with a with a brilliant close. And in fact, they got, they got the lead all, all the way down to 10. That was a huge swing in the game, in my opinion. Getting the lead to a more manageable figure behind Goodwin. Goodwin had 12 points in the first half in nine minutes of play. He was plus 15 in a game the Hawks were down by 10. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the way the minutes went in the first half. And that late run, again, was huge, getting it down to 10. Defensively, it was a little bit of a mess in the second quarter. That was the one time in this game where the Hawks kind of just lost touch defensively. But the second half was honestly fantastic. Orlando shot, uh, sorry, Orlando scored 36 points after halftime. That tells you all, all you need to know about the way the defense played. Obviously, they had some help, and I'll say that again. I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm um, crapping on the Hawks here because I'm not. You know, Orlando's offense, <laughs> it was very bad in this game. Um, being without Gordon does matter, um, and we'll just do this now since we're already here and I transitioned to it in some respects. But the second half of this game, the Magic shot 36% from the floor and 1 of 13 from 3, and then missed 5 free throws. For the game, the Magic shot 5 of 15, sorry, 5 of 25 from 3 and missed 10 free throws. Um, some of that is the Hawks' defense, certainly. Some of it is not. And Orlando's offense is very bad, and it's one of the reasons I don't believe in them as a team. But alas, um, the Hawks had to do what they were able to do to hold up uh, defensively in this game. And uh, the second half was particularly ugly for Orlando's offense. But still, the Hawks took advantage of it. And again, down 18 late in the first half to win this game by eight and kind of you know have a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter was pretty impressive. To the third quarter itself, an early 7-0 run by the Hawks, which is good to see to make it a five-point game. DeAndre Hunter had a nice five-point stretch in there to get down to get back within seven points. Goodwin had 19 points with six minutes left in the third quarter. So he came in again pretty early in the third and made another impact in a big way. And then a 13-3 run by the Hawks to end the third quarter, featuring a three by Alan Crabb, then a then a John Collins layup to tie the game, and then a, an Alex Len buzzer beater to go up by two. So from, again, down 18 late in the first half to up two at the end of the third quarter was a big, big swing in this game over about a 14-minute period, and that was great to see. Um, 
Alex Len had 16 and 10 through three quarters. He actually he absolutely torched Mobamba in the third quarter. Alex Len was very good in this game as he's been a lot recently, but that was a particular stretch where he just took it to the former top 10 pick of the Magic. Um, offensively, it wasn't, again, nothing, nothing special in the third quarter necessarily for Atlanta, but the defense definitely tightened in a big way, holding the Magic to 15 points on 6 of 22 from the floor and 1 of 8 from 3 in the third quarter. Um, in the fourth, it wasn't always easy, but uh, it was a lot of good a lot of good favorable stuff from the Hawks in the fourth period. Um, I would say a swing point in this game was the Hawks going into a timeout up by 1 with 9.30 to go. So up by 1, 9.30 to go. Lloyd Pierce was incensed with Kevin Herter. Um, he downplayed it a little bit in the postgame when asked about it. I watched that interview on Fox Sports Southeast. Um, but clearly he was going after Herter. He was very upset about Herter not getting back on defense. He was arguing a call, Kevin Herter was, and uh, failed to get back. They allowed a layup to Evan Fournier. And after a timeout call, Lloyd was very, very, very vocal with, uh, with Kevin Herter. Um, fortunately... Coming out of that timeout and what was obviously a chew-out in favor of his young player, um, Herter then scored the next seven points coming out of the break. So Kevin Herter's not been great lately. He was good in this game, I thought, but that one stretch, I'm not sure if he was just impassioned or what what, what happened there. You don't wanna, I don't want to tell you that it was a causation thing, but certainly worth noting that he came out like basically on fire scoring the next seven points, and suddenly the Hawks are up by eight points, and then after a timeout, Reddish gets a steal, gets fouled on a clear path, makes both free throws, the Hawks are up by 10, and then Herter gets a layup, and the Hawks are up by 12, with seven to go. So basically, an 11-point swing at about two and a half minutes after the timeout that um, chewed out Herter, and he had nine of those He had nine of those points, so there you go, a pretty big swing in favor of, in favor of the Hawks. Later in the, later in the fourth quarter, a great verticality moment defensively from John Collins on Jonathan Isaac to force a miss at the rim to preserve what was a 12-point lead. Um, the lead did go down a little bit. It got, a little, it got a little bit tenuous down the stretch of this game. The Hawks didn't score for four and a half minutes, and that was kind of what you expected throughout this game, honestly, because the Hawks had 90, had 90 points with seven minutes to go and then still had 90 points for a long, long time. They got down by, actually got up by only five points after a, um, after that downturn in scoring, but then Alex Len broke the silence with a putback that was a huge play, and then probably the the single most famous or infamous or fantastic play of the night was the Hawks up by five. Orlando has the ball, they get a stop, they generate a steal that has Kevin Herter saving the ball out of bounds to Brandon Goodwin, who then starts the fast break and ends and ends it with a with a dunk by John Collins. So, you know, up five without the ball, you're not in that great. I mean, you're obviously in good shape, but not, not fantastic shape. You get a stop there and turns into a highlight-worthy play on a on a dunk by Collins after a generated a nice steal. And then suddenly you're up by seven, get a stop, make free throws, go up by nine. That basically ended the game. Now the Magic did get the ball, sorry, did get back within five with the ball, and then um, an awful turnover. Probably the most, probably the worst moment of the of the game by anybody was DeAndre Hunter throwing the ball out of bounds to no one with about 35 seconds to go, up five. That was a brutal moment. Fortunately, it didn't end up biting the Hawks because Terrence Ross had a three in the air that was not a great look, but certainly one that he can make down five. If he makes that, the, then, then the Hunter um, blunder looks a lot worse, and suddenly this game is very, very tight, and the Hawks are up by two, but Ross misses. The Hawks get the rebound, and that was the end of that. So, you know, other than that one tenuous moment up five, it was a very, very strong second half. In fact, a 57-36 margin after halftime. And if you extend that to the last two minutes of the uh, of the second quarter, it was basically the Hawks winning this game by about winning about you know 26, 27 minutes of clock time by you know a lot of points, almost 30 points. So pretty impressive from the Hawks in a lot of ways here, and uh, worth pointing that all that out. As I said before, Orlando did. 
some help with this, but the Hawks did have a 96 defensive rating in this game, which is excellent. Probably one of the better games of the season defensively for this team. Maybe even the best game. You know, opponent has to be taken into account, and the Magic do have a bottom five offense overall, but still um, good defensive connectivity for the most part. The Hawks did allow some penetration that wasn't that wasn't ideal. Busevich got loose a little bit on them with 27 points. Fournier had 22 in his own right, but Hawks did a pretty good job defensively. They held Terrence Ross to four points, for instance, and he's been a, a prolific member of the offense for Orlando for some time now. So. All that to say, a pretty good defensive night from the Hawks. Not unexpected to some degree because, again, the Hawks are better defensively. You know, they're not they're not better overall by any stretch because the offense is not good without these guys on the court. But if you, if you take Trey and Jabari off this team, defensively there aren't that many weak points. There are some still. You know, Herter's not great defensively right now. Fernando struggles at times, but... Collins, Hunter, Reddish, Alex Lynn, Brandon Goodwin's a pretty good defender. Um, Bembry played really well in this game. There's a lot of guys who can play defense, and we saw that personnel take over a little bit there, and the offense did just enough. Offensively, Hawks had a 104 offensive rating, which is below average. It's not good at all, but it was enough in this game because they, they got stops. And, um, you know, 21 turnovers for the Hawks is too many. That's um, That almost cost them in this game because they actually shot the ball quite well. A 50, 57% true shooting is uh, above average and definitely better than you would think from this Hawks team. Um, and they shot, I believe, it was a pretty impressive number on twos. Yeah, um, 30 of 52 on twos. So, yeah, that's pretty darn impressive. Uh, made made 14 of 17 from the free throw line to take advantage of Magic missing all their free throws. And I, and I swing there as well. So, other than ball security, the offense was pretty good in this game. And, uh, yeah, there you go on that. So, all that to say, a really impressive win from the Hawks. Is it sustainable defensively? You know, probably not. Um, it's one of those things where the sledding doesn't get any easier because the Hawks have the game on Friday against Boston on the road. That's a tough one. But coming out, they need to they need to snap, snap the, the losing streak at some point because they just kept losing over and over again. Again, they had lost 21 of 23. That just wears on you at times. I know their expectations are a big topic of conversation right now. Um, on Hawks Twitter and all that stuff, but eventually guys have personalities and they're going to get frustrated and they're going to get down on themselves a little bit if you just keep losing over and over again. And and uh, having this having this win come at the end of the year, before a three day break, you can kind of end on a positive note, and that's a good thing to go into the second half or when you have second two thirds of the season. However you want to put that, the Hawks have um, sort of needed this one, and that was good to see in a lot of ways. So after this break. We will uh, talk more about the individual players and all that stuff in this game and look, look ahead a little bit to Friday. But um, now a word from our good folks at Calm. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. And Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your, your brain to help you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron... Sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He's, he says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things he can do for his body and mind. If you head to calm.com slash locked on MBA right now, you'll get a 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves like rain on leaves and so much more like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and company in using Calm with a 40% discount to any to any annual membership at calm.com slash locked on MBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on MBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. All right, we're back talking about the individual players in this game and a lot of positive performances to talk about in this spot. As I said before, 11 guys participated for Atlanta. 
in this game. And by the way, I don't think Chandler Parsons was active in this spot, which is worth pointing out. They actually actually called up Charlie Brown from the G League. And uh, according to what I'm looking at right in front of me here, it was Charlie Brown and Evan Turner that were the DNPs in this game, which means Parsons, I don't think, was active. They had to, they had to make a decision for the first time in a while on that because they had, you know, the Hawks only have 16 guys right now, and that includes two ways, and they have both both two guys up and just to cut through all the weeds. They can only have 13 guys active, and they only, and they had 13 guys in the spot. They had 14 healthy players, so I think it was Parsons. Anyway, looking ahead, um, they played they played 11. That wasn't a huge surprise. Turner, um, not playing isn't a, isn't a stunner because he was on the injury report, etc. And they and they give those minutes to Brandon Goodwin and then Brown, same thing. But uh, Damian Jones played five minutes. He was not very effective. He was actually minus 13. That was not all on Damian, but he was not very good in this game. And that was the right decision to go ahead and go away from that when they did and, and kind of lean more on Lynn and the small ball lineups as, the, as they did in this game. Elsewhere on the bench, Alan Crabb, a pretty quiet night. He, he did hit a big three in that run, that 13-3 run at the end of the third quarter. That was probably you know one of the bigger shots of the game. But other than that, he didn't do much else, but he didn't kill them either. I thought he was just okay, and they kind of kind of went away from him justifiably, but he didn't kill them in this game. Uh, Bembry didn't play a ton, 19 minutes. I thought he played quite well, especially in the first half. I thought it was good Bembry for the most part. Offensively, he doesn't always help you a ton, but defensively, he was pretty active. He had a steal. He had a block. He was plus four. In his 19 minutes, I thought Bembry played pretty well in a supporting role. Vince Carter um, was not, you know, I wouldn't say high profile in this game, but then a nice standing ovation for him in Orlando in his final game there. But four points, three rebounds, two assists for Vince. A couple of free throws late that the Hawks definitely needed to secure the victory at the very, very end of the game. I thought he was uh, generally pretty pretty, pretty standard, pretty, pretty solid in the spot. And then Alex Lynn was fantastic. I keep saying this. I've been saying it all season long since before the season even started. Alex Lynn is by far, and again, I'm saying this, by far the best center on the team. It's not even close. Uh, I'm not sure why he's not playing more, but alas, 24 minutes, 18 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, plus six. Uh, did miss all three of his of, of his three-point attempts and, and both of his free throws, which is not great, I would say, but still shot nine of 11 on twos. Alex Lim was very good in this game. And uh, again, he torched Mobama in that third quarter. Worth, point, worth, worth pointing that one more time. And then uh, I would say the headliner of the game was Brandon Goodwin. 21 points off the bench for Brandon in 22 minutes. A career high for him and. uh by a lot. Uh, he was plus 22 as well, which is by far the game high on either end of the floor. Um, yeah, I mean, can't, can't really say enough about Brandon Goodwin's performance. Six assists, two steals, a block, um, three rebounds as well. Three or four from three. You know, Goodwin's not a great shooter right now, but he's capable of making some shots. And as Lloyd Pierce said, after I think the last three games in a row now, he thought that Goodwin played well over the weekend. And I would agree. I thought Goodwin played pretty well. He just didn't make shots. And this game, he played well and he made shots. Defensively, we saw him make life difficult uh, at times for the point guards for Orlando. He was definitely the best defender on point guards in this game because the, the Hawks did struggle to contain DJ Augustine, particularly when Goodwin was off the floor. Um, but yeah, he was just fantastic. I want to see more of him, and I, I, I hope slash believe that they will go back to him more often after this. It's not always going to be this good for Brandon Goodwin, but the local product, he's, he's from Norcross, Nor, Norcross High School. Good to see him playing well, and um, you know, a lot of people around the league think he's, think, think he's an NBA player. I think, I, I think I'm leaning towards that camp myself. So good to see him play well there. And, uh, you know, what else are you going to say? Without, without Brennan Goodwin, they don't win this game. And that's a, that's a huge thing to see. I'm not sure what happens when Trey gets healthy in terms of how much he's going to play. But, you know, for all the consternation about, about the lack of point, a lack of backup point guard options, and I, I said this all the way back in the summer, I didn't really understand that move. I thought it was not 
wise and the Hawks have paid for it in some respects with having to go with non-traditional, non-traditional options. But if you just pencil Goodwin in for 10 minutes a night as backup point guard, that won't fix everything by any means. But uh, if, you play, if, he, if he plays with effort defensively and plays with force offensively, the shots won't always fall. But I thought he played very well in this game. And uh, as you can tell by the title of this podcast, it was going to be known for me anyway, at least so far this season, as, as, the, Brent, as the Brandon Goodwin game. If I tell you anybody that's a Hawks fan about this game, the first thing they're going to talk about Brent is Brandon Goodwin, and that's the right thing because he was fantastic in this game. Two starters, briefly here. Um, Bruno Fernando was very quiet, two points, three rebounds, did have four fouls and had foul trouble early on. I, I thought he was not fantastic. He was better than I think normally um, that he is in the second half. Um, it wasn't fantastic, but I thought he gave good effort defensively and uh, we still locked in a little bit more than he normally does on that end of the floor. Still outplayed by a lot by Alex Lynn, but Bruno didn't kill them in the ways that he has killed them at times in the last couple of weeks. Um, Reddish, Cam Reddish only had two points in this game and they were free throws at, uh, in the fourth quarter, but defensively he still makes plays. I've been high on his defense all, all, all season long and that Proved to be the case again here. He made a couple of big plays in this spot, two steals. Did have three assists, three rebounds. Offensively, it was not great for Reddish by any means. I can't tell you that it was. It probably wasn't as bad as the two points indicate, but he only took four shots. I'm okay with him being a little bit a little bit passive in terms of shooting with the way that he's been going so far this year, but the way that he's defending, it's uh, not like he's unplayable despite the offensive struggles. Um, Kevin Herter, as I said before, had the huge stretch in the second half of this game after he looked like he was going to be struggling in a big way. Had 19 points. Six rebounds, four assists, two steals, two block shots for Kevin Herter. Uh, six turnovers is too many, including a couple of bad ones in the first half. And uh, he had been struggling pretty mightily before the second half of this game um, for the last, I don't know, week plus. But Herter did play well in this game, and he was a big part of the uh, of the comeback and the uh, the lead taking in the in the second half. So shouts to him for that. DeAndre Hunter. 16.6 rebounds, a pretty solid across-the-board night for Hunter, aside from that really, really bad turnover in the final two minutes. That was an awful one. I'm, I'm glad for his sake that it didn't bite them because that would have been a memorable blunder on his behalf, and I thought he played pretty well, certainly much better than he was over the weekend. And then John Collins only had 10 points. I said this on, on Twitter after the game, but if you told me before the game started, nothing else except for John Collins has only 10 points, do the Hawks win? I would have said no because the Hawks were going were gonna to need his offense. But that's not that's not me piling that's not me piling on Collins. I actually thought Collins was good in this game. He had ten points, eleven rebounds, three assists, a steal. Um, four turnovers is too many for John, but he was efficient. Five nine from the floor. I thought defensively he was quite good in this game. Uh, I mentioned before the big moment in my opinion was the fourth quarter denial at the rim against Isaac. But I thought Collins was pretty good defensively throughout this game, and um, you know. Offensively, he didn't he didn't give them a monster game in the way that you probably thought that they were, they, they were going to need. Um, but I thought he was very good in this game, despite only having ten. I, I'm putting quotation, quotation marks around the only only ten points, but still a double double. And I thought he played well in all facets of the game. And the Hawks needed him to win, and they go ahead and get this victory. Again, a huge one. Stopping a ten game losing streak can't be overstated. Um, a fun way to end the to end the calendar year. I hope you guys enjoyed all the uh, content on the podcast as well throughout this year we're not going anywhere obviously 2020 will be uh, arriving in full force i'm actually planning on uh, having another podcast i have a guest lined up hopefully that's going to come to fruition that will probably go up um either wednesday night or thursday morning um as i'm recording this now that'll be recorded either on new year's eve or new year's day so hopefully you guys will appreciate the holiday recording time there with a guest if it, if it transpires and then the hawks again will return to action on friday in boston before they come back for another another back-to-back just, just like last week, it was a, a home back to a home road back to back Friday and Saturday. This time it's reversed. It's a fr- Friday night game, 
and then home again on a Saturday. So we'll see how things go for the Hawks um, against a couple of quality teams. It's Boston on Friday on the road and then Indiana at home on Saturday. Tough there. Um, we'll see if Trey Young is able to play. No updates still on Trey Young's status at this point in time. He did not travel to Orlando, so we'll see if that, um, if that extra period of rest helps him get ready for Friday. But we'll update that as we get going here. If you want more sort of real-time information, follow me on Twitter at BTRoland. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Hawks. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast via your platform of your choice, whichever one you want to listen to the podcast on, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, all those places will have the show. And again, thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast, subscribing, for telling your friends and all your patronage so far this year. Happy New Year if I do not if you do not hear from me between now and the start of 2020. But uh, again, we'll have new podcast content coming in the next couple of days. Stay tuned for all of that, and we'll see you guys in 2020.